Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Wheaties presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties' big, exciting half-hour presentations. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, the Trigger Men. At 9 o'clock on the evening of May 27, 1947, Jasper Leach, operator of an independent service station in Ada, Oklahoma, was preparing to shut down for the night. Suddenly, two men in a green convertible pulled into the service island of his station. Close for the night, fellas. Pumps are all locked. We got to get some gas. Uh, all night place on the highway south, mister. Big station, you're heading that way. I don't like big stations. We're gassing up right here. I got a tire you can fix. Now, look, I told you I'm close hey, to the night. Hey, stop the chatter, will you? You heard him, Hick. Now get moving. Or I'll put a slug in you. All right, mister. I ain't arguing with a gun. He gets that pump going. Make him fill a couple extra five-gallon cans. All right, Joe. Stop playing the party and get that flat spare out of you so hot for action. Okay, okay, but let's take it up, eh? Well, come on, Hayseed. Get with the pump. Keys are in the office. Well, let's get them. And while we're in here, you might as well open the safe. I... I don't know the combination. <laughs> yeah? Oh! I said open it, your hick. All right, mister, I'll open it. But you ain't getting away with this. Not by a dang sight. <laughs> we'll talk that over later. Just you and me, hick. Just you and me. KDX-8, all units. KDX-8, all units. Oklahoma State Police advised that about 9 p.m. of 527, gas station attendant at 8, Oklahoma, was robbed and beaten to death with tire iron. Subjects tentatively identified as, number one, Joe Gordon, average size, eyes blue, hair blonde, complexion fair. Number two, Tiny Gordon, six foot three, peculiar walk, pigeon-toed, same coloring as brother. Subjects now believed to be in Texas en route to Mexican border. Wanted six states and FBI for murder, bank robbery, narcotics, other charges. Use caution, these men are dangerous. KDXA Austin. There were no further signs of the Gordon brothers on the night of May 27th. But on the morning of the 28th, Captain Stinson of the Texas Rangers received a report that looked like a lead. And immediately sent for Ranger Jace Pearson. Send for me, Captain. Yeah, Jace. I want you to get right over to the General Hospital in Palo Pinto County. In a double shooting. Deputy Sheriff and his son. Where'd it happen? Near Mineral Wells. But check the hospital first. Shooting took place during the night. Rancher found them in this morning. Mineral Wells? That's on the road south from Ada, Oklahoma. You think it might have been the Gordon brothers? It smells like them. They were headed south, according to all previous reports. I figure they're making their run for the border. 
And they'll kill anybody who tries to stop them. Sure looks that way. The deputy never saw who gunned him, Jace. If he can talk, get all the information you can. And if it looks like the Gordons, stay with it all the way. We don't want them to get across the border. I understand. Judging by their past movements, they steal cars and dump them for new ones at regular intervals before they get too hot. So don't pin too much in any car descriptions. I won't. I'll see you later. Oh, Jace. Yeah? You get anything hot, report it by phone. If I have anything for you, I'll have the radio dispatcher tell you to call in. The men we're after might have a short wave set. Right, Captain. One thing more, Jace. This department hasn't lost a man in a long time. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the one to spoil the record. I checked my car out and headed for Palo Pinto County. I reached the hospital at 9.45 a.m. and saw the doctor in charge. He'll pull through, I think, but his condition is critical. Shot three times through the back. One of the bullets is lodged in his spine. Which room's he in? I'll show you. Deputy's son hurt bad, too? Too bad, Ranger. Dead on arrival. He know it? Yep, he knows. Be better if you could wait. I wish I could. I can't. I understand. He's in here. look on his face like he was remembering something over and over, but still couldn't believe it. I knelt on the floor beside him so he could see me while he was telling me what happened. You see, my my boy built himself one of them hot rod cars on an old chassis and spare parts. You know, youngsters. Yeah. I broke down on him last night. Fooled with it and couldn't get it to start. Called up home about midnight. Tell me and his ma why I was out so late. Sure. I drove out in my car and meet him where he called from, up at Salesville. We both fooled around with his car some, but wasn't fixing to go at all. Here. You sip a little water through this glass straw. <laughs> Better? Yeah. Thank you. You couldn't get the car started. Uh, yeah, yeah. So finally I told the kid to come on home. And we'd get it taken care of today. Hmm. I reckon that don't matter none now. What happened on the way home? We passed the carpet place. Big place. It raises silkworms. Here. Let me fix that pillow for you, then. Worms feed off in the leaves of the mulberry trees. We was passing a grove, carved mulberries. I spot a file, a little campfire, like deep in the grove, almost out of sight. I see. Thought I'd better stop and have a look. The kid, he wanted to get out of the car with me. I don't know why I let him, but I had no way of knowing. Oh, of course, you, you couldn't know. We walked in. I guess they heard us coming. One of them kicked at the fire. I saw his shadow. That's all. I yelled at him to stand where they was, and they started blasting. Go on. I, I turned and pushed the kid down. Something hit me in the back, and I went out. When I, when I came to, my kid was lying there, just a couple of feet from me. Fifteen years old. All right. Don't try to talk anymore. Get him for me, Ranger. Please get him. Me and my kid. I left the hospital and headed for the Carveth Ranch outside Mineral Wells. Big Jim Carveth, the owner of the place, took me into the Mulberry Grove where the deputy and his boy had been gunned. Well, this is the spot. Sheriff's combed it over pretty complete, though. Hmm. Had their fire right over here. Yeah, what are you digging out of them ashes? Fire wasn't burning long. Started it with a road map and an envelope. A little corner of the envelope not quite burned. I can just make out the stamp. Uh -huh. It's Mexican. Maybe our lab can make out the postmark. 
Out of that chart, Hunk? Yeah. If I can slide it into this fresh envelope without breaking it up too much. <laughs> you fellas sure can figure a lot from a little, I reckon. Sometimes. When they left, they went through there toward the road. How do you know that? Here's the mark where the fire was kicked. Steps from it moved that way. It might have been the sheriff and his men. Not in low-heel eastern boots. See the impressions? Oh. One set, same as yours or mine, except for the difference in boots. Hmm. The other set scuffs in at the toes. man who made those is pigeon-toed. Well, you sound like you could draw a picture of them. I could now. Let's see where these prints lead. They led to the road, or almost to the road. Just at the edge of the grove were tire markings where a car had been backed into the mulberries to screen it from sight. Yep, this is it, all right. can see where it scraped the branches. Did more than scrape them. And uh, this one's been torn off. The part that got torn off isn't on the ground. Low branch, too. Oh, that means something? From the tire marks and the height of the branch, it means the baggage compartment of the car was open and then closed down on the end of the branch. See, it snapped off when the car moved. <laughs> you sound like that's worth knowing. It might be worth plenty if the highway patrol turns up an abandoned car with a piece of mulberry branch caught on it. I drove back to headquarters and turned the charred envelope over to the lab. Then I went in and reported to Captain Stinson. Sounds like the Gordon brothers are all right. I'd bet on it. And if they're in the habit of ditching their cars, we'd better check on all the stolen and abandoned. We find the car, we'll know which way they're headed. I'll send out a bulletin on it. What did lab say about the envelope? Burned pretty bad, Captain, but they think they can restore it. Take time, though. Well, if they can bring out that Mexican postmark, it might tell us where the Gordons plan to cross the border. That's what I was thinking. They won't go through a regular border station. It'll be an illegal crossing. And they'll probably have a hideaway arranged on the other side. Yeah, probably other members of the Crawford gang. I figure they'll try to make it before tomorrow morning. They'll be making their big run tonight. Well, head south, Jace, toward the border. We'll relay all information to you as it comes up. I'd better get charcoal out of the barn and hitch up my horse trailer. That's a good idea. Wherever they try to cross, it's a cinch it won't be good territory for a car. Uh, the border stations are covered, though, aren't they, in case they do try a legal crossing? Now, their mugs are hanging in every customs house from Brownsville to El Paso. Mm. FBI has given them extra cover, and the Mexican police are helping, too. I better get going, then. So long, Captain. So long, Jace. And good luck. <laughs> charcoal into the horse trailer and headed south, aiming for the center of the border near Valverde County so I could change my direction fast either way. I kept a lead foot on the gas pedal. Toward sundown, I was just outside El Dorado when the radio dispatcher came through telling me to call headquarters. I got Captain Stinson on long distance. That mulberry branch is paying off, Jace. Abandoned car with a piece of it caught in the trunk has just been found in Fort Stockton, Vegas County. How long ago? Less than 15 minutes. And the motor was still warm. Highway patrol is throwing up roadblocks at all points, south and west. They can't be far out of Stockton. Must be planning to try a border crossing in Presidio or Booster County, then. Any report on that burned envelope? Still working on it, Jace. You better head for Fort Stockton. If they do get past our block, they're within 90 miles of the border. I'll do my best, Captain. So long. for the roadblock area in Pecos County, but I never got there. I was still 50 miles away when headquarters radioed me to contact them by phone. Had a feeling the news wasn't going to be good, and it wasn't. We can forget about Pecos County, Jace. The Gordons broke through our roadblock. Where? Back road near Hovey. They turned a Tommy gun on the highway patrol and a sheriff's car. Kill anybody? Two, and two more badly wounded. The men were just found when they didn't answer a radio call. Happened two hours ago. Then the Gordons could be at the border by now. The wildest part of it, Jace. And you'll have to guess what... Just a second. Here it is, Jace. Lab report on the burned envelope. Where was it mailed from? Coquillas. Right across the Rio Grande from the Santiago Mountains. That country's murder. 
Worse for them than for us. River swollen by spring rains. They'll need a boat to cross. County sheriff can beat through the mountains with posses. Ten miles each side. I'll get as close as I can by car, and then Charcoal and I'll ride in. The posse will corner them. We'll have them. You're the closest ranger unit, Jace. But those men are dangerous. You want to wait for some help? No time for waiting. Now's the time for getting them. You'll hear from me. south of Brewster County, the world comes to an end. I drove as far as I could and met one wing of the sheriff's posse where Maravillas Creek runs into the Rio Grande. Any sign of them, Sheriff? Nope. Got men working in from the other side of the mountains, though. I'll get my horse and ride in with your ways. Then we can split and fan out. Good. Mighty fine horse, Ranger. The best. Come on, Charco. Which of your men knows this section best? Jaime Sanchez, I reckon. I'd like him to ride with me when we split. Oh, he'd be proud to. Sanchez! Hey! You want me for something, Sheriff? Ranger wants you to ride with him. That's good with me. Thanks, Sanchez. You got any signal arranged with the rest of your posse? Three shots. Two seconds between each one. Good. Well, let's ride. All right, men. Mount up. Well, we'll follow the river, and then you can drop off in pairs and head in toward the peak. The sheriff will pair you off. If you hit ground too rough for your horses, tie them off and move through on foot. All got that? Boquilla, Sanchez. About five miles, senor, and it will be right across the Rio. We better turn toward the peak, then. We can't go in very far in the horses. Maybe we should leave them right here. Easier to find again. You're probably right. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, oh. Uh, tie them off over here. See? There are some cabins up here in the mountains, but the men we are after wouldn't know about them. What kind of cabins? Old hunters' cabins from long ago when there was good hunting. But most of the game is gone. Nobody lives in them anymore. No, but the Gordons might know about them anyhow. You said they do not know this country. Yeah, they could have been told. They're meeting somebody in Mexico. Some of their gang might have come through here before. That's why they picked this spot. They're in such a hurry, though, I don't think they would stop. Yeah, they would if the big boy got tired. The big boy? Yeah, tiny Gordon. He's pigeon-toed. Something wrong with his feet. He's big and heavy and... Carrying a lot of weight. He's going to slow down in this country. I think you're right, Ranger Pearson. He he ain't got good feet. He's still got plenty in here. Are the cabins in the territory we're covering? See, si, two of them. Now, let's take a look. See, si, the first one is right up this way to the left, about two miles in. But you better have your guns ready, too. Don't worry. I got them. Watch it. Nobody here. Come in. Lamp here. I'll, I'll light it. Huh. Something wrong with the lamp, senor? No. But I don't think I'll light it after all. Use your flashlight instead. See? There. Feel a glass. Lamp chimney. It's warm, senor. Used less than half an hour ago. Could any of the posse have reached here before us? I don't see how. They all turn in further back. I mean the group working in from the other side. No, they came all the way from Hot Springs further than where we start. Mm. That's where the sheriff's deputy went to get them. Flash your light around a little. See? Wait. Wait, turned on that chair again. See? 
dust wiped off it. Somebody sitting there not long ago, a scraped spot on the floor. Sat with his legs straight out. The scraping was done by his heels. See, you have a good eye. I think I'll sit down there and stretch my legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my heels reach those marks? No, not quite so far, but why do you do that? Because I'm six feet tall. The man that sat in that chair is taller. Tiny Gordon is six foot three. Come on. Look around, see which way they headed. Gee. I think this way, Ranger Pearson. Why? What'd you find? Somebody step on this dead log, take off a piece of the bark. Yeah. And prints there, too. Here, flash your light. See? Here. Two sets. One of them with the toes turning in. Now throw the light that way. See, that bush. First one through here held the branch back for the other to pass. Knocked off a few berries. Crushed them on the ground. It's still wet from the juice. We got the direction now. Let's move. You better put that light off. They're headed for the Rio, all right. Shouldn't we fire the gun now, the signal for the posse? No, we're too close. Gordon's might hear it, too. Probably think they're safe in here. They don't know we've got a postmark. Better chance of getting them cold if they don't know. See. You think they're going to fight if we catch them? With murder charges in a couple of states, they got nothing to lose. They'll fight plenty. pressures, we moved along and saw more and more spots where Tiny Gordon had stopped to rest, and the pace spots where Joe Gordon had moved around restlessly waiting for him. It wasn't long before we could hear the lapping of the Rio Grande as the foothills dipped down toward it. Then we heard them, moving and talking in the reeds at the edge of the river. All right, all right, take it easy, How do you know? Hey, you really got our letter. Expected us last night. Let's try it again. No, we ain't moving on a time schedule. Suppose they don't come. Light in a couple of hours. So we'll go back to that cabin and hold up again until tomorrow night. Besides, who's going to see us here? Oh. Maybe an idiot or something. I don't know who's liable to be tramping around. What are you, Daniel Boone or something? Not dry up. Don't you tell me to dry up, you little punk. God, tiny. We figured that right. They're expecting a pickup from the Mexican side. Gee, good thing the boat did no, not come here. Those Shh. Lucky you could carry a forty-five. You tried to carry a Tommy gun away. You were flopping around in that. You'd have killed yourself and me, too. I might kill you someday, Joe. Shoot your mouth off. Go on, go on. Try it. I'll blow your brain. Why? You, you want to put you to jaw, Joe? I'd try it. Well, they got 45s. But so have we, see? Let's move in and take them. <laughs> so they'd have to come between us if they made a break away from the river. We couldn't see them in the reeds, but they couldn't see us either. Sanchez reached his position, and then I straightened up. Tiny! Joe! Who's that? Get up, Tiny! I'm a Texas Ranger. There's a posse of 20 men in the hills. You're surrounded. Will you come out? That won't do you any good. This way, Tiny! Open up, Sanchez! That's a posse signal, Tiny. They'll all be heading this way. You won't be here to meet them. Uh, wait, What's the matter, Tiny? Your gun empty? Why is it, Chapman? Hey, how'd you fellas ever kill anybody? You don't even come close. Where are you, you hicks? I'll kill all of you, you stinking hicks. I'm over here, signal. Oh, yeah? The rest of the posse will be here soon. It'll be daylight. We'll starve you out or burn you out. You're hogtied. You better give up while you can. I ain't giving up. I'll take a lot of your hits with me. Come on, Joe. Hey, put him this way, son. Joe! 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 You dirty! You had your chance, Tiny.
All right, Sanchez. You got it, senor. Guess this job is almost finished. Almost finished? They look like they finished good. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the Crawford gang are from across the river. Well, a nice surprise for them if they come over in their boat. Posse will be here soon, and we may be able to take them by surprise. Easier than these two, senor. You know, I don't think they like us very much. I saw what they did to a deputy sheriff and his kid. I didn't like the Gordon brothers very much either. Two hours later, other members of the Crawford gang were surprised and captured without resistance when they crossed the Rio Grande to keep their rendezvous with the Gordon brothers. They were turned over to federal authorities to stand trial for their crimes. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Saddle Trend. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Tom McKee, Tom Holland, Jack Crucian, Byron Kane, and Jay Novello. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. This is Hal Gibney speaking. It's National Wheaties Week! Yes, it's National Wheaties Week, and Wheaties present Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Case for tonight, Quicksilver. on the night of May 22, 1947, the Stockholm Ranch, located in the middle of Carson County, Texas, was darkened for the night when the occupants were awakened by the barking of a dog. Jim? Jim, wake up. Hmm? Uh, What's the matter, Flo? You hear Jeep bark? Well, kind of. I was half asleep. It's funny. He barked and then shut up real fast. He might have took off after oh, something. He kept on barking then. It sounded like uh, he... Was... Be quiet a second. See? Don't hear him anymore. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, take a look. See? It ain't like Jeep to bark at nothing, then shut up. Jim. Jim. Hmm? What's the matter? I... Jim, somebody came in the house. Oh, you probably just heard the kid tossing in his sleep. No, I... I got a funny feeling. All right, I'll put on a light and have a look. I'm coming along. I want to go and see if anything... May 29, 1947, the bodies of Jim and Flo Stockholm and their 10-year-old son, Carl, were discovered by a playmate of Carl's. Sheriff Lockins notified the Texas Rangers, and Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. Raises just like it was, Jace, stepping for the bodies. Kind of a mess, isn't it, Sheriff? Yeah. All three of them in their night clothes, you said. Yeah. This here is Jim and Flo's bedroom. I see. Bed clothes must up. Whoever did the killing woke him up. Likely the dog woke him. Oh, yeah. Jeep, you said. Found him dead a piece from the house. Clubbed over the head. Uh-huh. Okay, let's say Flo and Jim Stockholm were awakened by the dog. Jim would get up and see what was the matter. Flo went with him probably to see if the kid Carl was okay. He didn't get no further than uh, in this room here, right outside the bedroom. Yeah, all three of them. 
funny Jim Stockholm didn't have a gun. Yeah. If he thought somebody was in a house or prowling around outside, he'd have grabbed his gun. Unless something stopped him. What are you thinking about, Jace? Just that the killer might have got in Carl's room. That's right over here. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe Carl spotted the killer, hollered, and that'd make both Jim and Flo jump fast. Yeah. Jim wouldn't think of grabbing his gun. This window here has been jimmied up. You see that? Yeah. I guess you're right. Killer coming this way. Kids saw him. Yelled. Tried to get out. Got as far as the room out here. Uh-huh. There's what they were killed with, Jason. Flat iron. An old-fashioned flat iron. Yeah, used as a doorstop. Killer grabbed it and used it. Wonder why he didn't shoot. How far away is the next ranch, Sheriff? Six miles at least. Why? Mm, just figuring maybe the killer didn't want to risk the noise of shots. Must have picked up the flat iron. Why, well, he killed the little kid, too. Mm, didn't want anybody to be able to identify him. Yeah, likely. Well, what now, Jase? I'd like to fine comb this house for fingerprints. Meantime, I got a few things I'd like you to find out in town. There were no fingerprints anywhere, except those we knew were of the murdered people. The motive for the crime was robbery. Jim Stockholm kept fairly large sums of money on hand to pay cash for whatever he bought. We didn't find a penny in the house. The whole thing looked hopeless. Like the sheriff said when he came back to the Stockholm ranch. Yeah, the coroner can't give us much, Jase. Ain't no way of telling how long they've been dead. If we could find out what day the murders were committed, we'd have something. Not much, but something. Yeah, but how? How are you going to find that out? Nobody saw the Stockholms before they were killed? For sure. Jim went into town on the 22nd week ago. Out here, if nobody sees his neighbor for a week, ain't nothing thought about it. So the murders could have been committed any time between the 22nd and the day the bodies were discovered. That's the way it sizes up, Jase. Killer's got at least a week to make tracks for... Well, Texas is big. Uh-huh. And Sheriff, that fence there, hmm? near the corral... Well, that's a hog, then it's... Hey, the hogs are gone. Yeah, busted through. Come on. I never noticed it before. Never thought about looking for the hogs. Who would? Well, look here, Sheriff, where the fence is busted through. Look at these. Here. Hog bristles, lots of them, caught on the broken part of the rail. Hogs broke out and pushed through here. Yeah, but look at here, Jase. What's it got to do with what we're after? What made these hogs go wild and break out? It's my guess they got awful hungry. Sure. And went looking for something to eat. Come on. We're going to the barn and take a look at the hog feed. Then we're going into town. We found three sacks of hog feed in the barn. Two of them were full, unopened. The third had just about enough mash taken out for one feeding. Sheriff Larkins and I went into town. Then the sheriff asked a few questions I wanted answered, and I checked at the feed store. Sure, Jim Stockholm bought all his feed in here, Ranger. You remember when he was in last, ma'am? Bet I do. It's the last time anybody saw him. The 22nd? That's it. What'd he buy? Mmm, three sacks of hog mash. Got all the information you wanted, Jason. Thanks, Sheriff. Now, ma'am, is there anything else you can remember about that day? Stockholm seemed troubled or anything? No, just stopped in for a minute. All he said was he had to get back with the mash. He was all out. Are you sure of that? Just as sure as I'm standing here. And you're sure it was the 22nd? I can make it real sure, Ranger. Got all my sales in this book. Let's see. 25th century. Yeah, here it is. 22nd. Three sacks of hog mash to Jim Stockholm. Thank you, ma'am. Let's go, Sheriff. Sure welcome, Ranger. You helped a lot. What have you got, Jason? The Stockholms were killed on the 22nd. How do you know? Jim Stockholm bought these three sacks of feed on the 22nd. He said he was all out at the ranch. He had to get home and feed the hogs. We found two of the bags unopened. Yeah, and a third with only about enough mash out of it to give the hogs one meal. Which means he fed the hogs on the 22nd, but he didn't the next day or the next. Because he was dead. That's it. 
Now we got a lot of checking to do, and it's all going to hinge around the 22nd. We questioned everybody, but it all added up to a big round zero. Everybody knew Jim Stockholm and liked him. He didn't have an enemy. Everyone we questioned could account for his time on the 22nd. Nobody'd seen a stranger in town. So I played a hunch. Sheriff Larkins and I rode over to the Stockholm Ranch trying to pick up anything. Then about eight miles north of the ranch, we got a break. Hey, Chase! Chase! Yeah, Sheriff? Here, what is it? What do you got, Sheriff? I don't know. Looks like ashes. Empty bean can there, too. Like somebody cooked himself a meal here. Horses' tracks around here, too. One horse. Yeah. Looks like they might be about a week old. Might not mean a thing, Chase. Could be anybody's horse. Sure could, but nobody in town saw a stranger. Little town like that, people notice a stranger right away. But if a man came riding from this direction, chances are nobody'd see him. Still could be anybody. I know. I'm going to take a real close look. Okay, I'll cover this part. Good. Sheriff, come here. Get something? I think so. Look. Tied his horse to this mesquite. See? The horse stood here, a piece of mesquite broken off. Oh, and here's something else. Take a look. Dirt. Just ordinary earth. Take a good look. Well, it's different from the earth around here. It sure is. Different color and different texture. Sheriff, I got a hunch this dirt scraped off a boot when he got back in the saddle. Scraped off by a stirrup. Here's a bigger hunk of it. Yeah, reddish color. You ever see dirt like this around here? No. That hunk's got a funny shape. Backed in against the instep of a boot, it'd take this shape. You had any rain around here lately? A dry as a bone. There's only one way earth packs up in an instep if it's wet. The man who left this couldn't have come far. Come on. Let's see if we can find a couple of his footprints. We picked up a few prints. I took their measurements. Then we went back into town. I asked some more questions. Meantime, I sent the earth samples to the lab for analysis. And by the time I got back to my headquarters, Captain Stinson had the report. Looks like this earth came from southwest Wheeler County, Jace. At least the lab thinks so. Wheeler County Southwest, well, it kind of fits, Captain. Fits what? That part of Wheeler County is not far from Stockholm Ranch. No, it isn't. Just about as far as it'd take wet earth to dry out and get hard enough to scrape off a man's boot. Yeah, I see. What else you got? Uh, a few horse hairs I picked off the mesquite bush. Looks like the fellow was riding a sorrow. And something else. Plaster casts of his boot prints. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big boot. Big man. Maybe 6'2 or 3. You're right. But there are no fingerprints. There's no real evidence. This fellow whose boot prints you got, he might have been anybody. Might never have gone near the Stockholm ranch. Yeah, I know that, Captain. You didn't pick up any of his boot prints around the house, did you? No, place was pretty messed up. A lot of people got there before I did. Yeah, that's one break a criminal always gets. If only people would stay away... Only they'd have enough sense to realize. Sure, but they don't. They don't mean any harm, though. Okay, what's next? Look for a man six feet two or three riding a sorrel? I'd like to, Captain. Starting where? (laughs) Well, Texas, I guess. It's National Wheaties Week. Yup, 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 and in celebration of National Wheaties Week, when everybody eats Wheaties, even trombone players, here's that well-known radio musician, Abe Lincoln. Honest, his name really is Abe Lincoln. And here he is, stepping out from behind the scenes to say, Get your Wheaties. Oh, come on, Abe. You didn't come out from your trombone to say just that. No, but that's the idea. Folks, the Wheaties Big Parade has been bringing you some pretty solid entertainment this summer. I can say it because I've worked along with all the other fellows helping put this entertainment on the air. And now it's National Wheaties Week, 
And we hope that every one of you who's enjoyed these programs will go out and get your Wheaties. The backstage folks like me, the people whose voices you usually never hear, we'd sure like it if we thought you'd enjoy our programs enough to go out and get some Wheaties. If you like the Texas Rangers, buy a box of Wheaties on Monday, will you? Thanks, and good night, Abe. Remember, it's National Wheaties Week. I kicked around for a few days, covering all the ground I could between the Stockholm Ranch and Wheeler County, and then I reported back to Captain Stinson. Kind of picked up something interesting, Captain. Like what, Jace? Weather reports. Here's a map of Wheeler County. The places I've marked in red had rain within the last three weeks. Oh? Well, what about it? Well, this place. Right here. The only spot of the marked places that'll show the same kind of earth we had analyzed. I checked. Mm-hmm. So it's narrowed down to that. But you can't arrest a man just because he happened to be in a place where it rained. I know I'm working on a shoestring, but there's no other lead, nothing. Might be I'll hit a stone wall or pick up some poke who just happened to pass through the spot where we found the Prince of Earth, but it's a chance, Cap, the only one. Well, suppose you chase down that lead in Wheeler County and your man's gone. Oh, I don't expect to find him there. He left there and landed at Stockholm Ranch, maybe. And left no fingerprints. There's not a single piece of evidence. It's still the only lead. You want to stick to Wheeler County, huh? That's about it, Captain. Maybe pick up a description of a possible suspect. Well, where will you start? Well, here's what I think. The man we're looking for is a drifter. Maybe a poke that picks up work here and there where he can get it. The fact that he ate a can of beans and cooked it himself means he didn't have a nickel to buy a decent meal, even though he was near a town. That kind's usually a drifter. Made a buck here and a nickel there. You see what I mean? All right, Jace. Play the hunch. But if the lead peters out... I'm hoping it won't. See you later. Are you keeping touch? Yeah. Radio or phone. So long. A little while later, I was in Wheeler County, southwest... I checked one ranch after another, some big, some small. What I wanted to know was, had anyone seen a man about six, two, or three, a man who owned a sorrel and didn't have steady work? <laughs> I once read where a man found a needle in a haystack, did it on a bet. <laughs> well, my needle could be in any haystack. Then on the Claude Edwards ranch near Ramstall, I ran into something. Sure, I remember a poke about like that, Ranger. Big fella. Had himself a sorrow. Did he work for you, Mr. Edwards? A couple of days. Drifted in looking for something to do. I don't usually have work for more than my own hand, but this fellow come in just about when I needed somebody else and... What was his name? Um, uh, Or- Orwell. Yeah, that was it, Orwell. Now, when was he here? Oh, let me see now. That'll be around uh, the 19th, 20th. And when did he leave? He do something, Ranger? I don't know, Mr. Edwards, but I'd sure like to hear everything you know about him. Well, uh, he worked for a couple of days, then come in asking for his pay. That was uh, maybe the 22nd. Are you sure? Pretty darn sure. It's awful important. All right, I'm sure. We had a spell of rain about then. I had him mend the roof. He didn't like it none. Did he say where he was going, anything at all? Didn't say, and I didn't ask. Just handed him his pay. Saw him in town later, dropping it in a card game. Then he lit out. All right. Now I want the best description of him you can possibly give me. Everything you can remember. What he looked like, how he talked, acted. I'll try, Ranger. But how are you going about finding him? By now, he might be clear into Mexico. Any place. I'm going to do my best, Mr. Edwards. And I'm not sure that's going to be enough. a description of Orwell. Six feet two, dark hair, rode a sorrow, tight lipped, not too easy to get along with, black mustache. <laughs> Funny how little that people notice things unless it's something they really want to see. What description we had was sent out. Fifty false leads came through, a hundred. But every once in a while, one came through that matched something else. Captain Stinson and I talked it over. Well, maybe it is something, Jace. Look. Hmm hundred different leads, but there's one that shows up every so often. This one. Same description. 
drifter, gambles a lot, had a dozen different jobs. There's something else, Chase. Now, look at the pattern here. Yeah, I am. This one keeps moving southwest, always away. The others jump around. The last report came from San Carlo two days ago. Mm-hmm. I'd like to mosey into San Carlo and see if I can pick up anything from there. I figure this Orwell's moving slow. He's counting on being safe by now. What if you find him? There's still not much evidence. We'd have to get a confession out of him. Nothing we've got will stick in a court. I got an idea about that. Let me try it, Captain. In San Carlo, I picked up a few more scraps about Orwell. From what I'd learned, I tried to think like the man I was trailing. Tried to figure out his next move. He gambled a lot, so every town I hit, I asked questions, went to ranches, and asked about poker games and crap games. Orwell was like Quicksilver. Yeah, he was here, left. Uh-huh, he was there, left after picking up a few dollars. But the pattern stayed the same, always moving southwest. Then on the MacMallet Ranch near the New Mexico border... Orwell? Uh, you say Orwell, Ranger? That's the name. He's riding a sorrel horse. Well, I don't like to say for sure, but I I took on a fellow name of Orwell, and he did come in riding a sorrel. <laughs> as soon as he hit the bunkhouse, he'd try to shake up a poker game. Where is he now? Well, I sent him out this morning to ride fence. Stock was getting through. How long ago did he leave? Oh, three or four hours. Maybe a little more. Tell me something else. Oh, sure. What? Uh, did he have any money when he left this morning? <laughs> well, funny ask about that, Ranger. Matter of fact, he touched me for a five against any pay he had coming. He, uh, ought to be coming back soon now. Almost time for chow. <laughs> he touched you for five. He won't be back for chow. I'm going after him. I followed the fence rider's trail. It was well into the afternoon when I spotted a rider up ahead. I took off my badge and stuck it in my pocket, put my guns and my waistband under my jacket, and caught up with him. Oh, boy. Ooh. Howdy. Who are you? Name's Pearson. You're Orwell, huh? Yeah, why? The boss sent me out to look for you. Boss? Oh, boy. Yeah, foreman back at Mellet's Ranch. What for? Well, we got to get back to the north fence. You wasn't working there when I left. Just got took on. I guess we'd better get back to the North Fence. Boss says it's important. That's so. Say, come to think of it, you're you're not even on the ranch anymore. I hit the boundary fence a piece back. All right, I got news for you, mister. I ain't riding fence. Now you take off. You see about that North Fence. Huh? You mean you're quitting? Right the first time, mister. Now, so long. Hey. Hey, hold it a minute. You're downright unsociable. Oh, boy. Oh. You're downright nosy. Me? <laughs> I didn't mean to be. Say, you mind if I ride a piece with you? Yeah, I do. Well, I'd kind of like company. Thought you was just took on at the Mellet's place. Seems to me you're riding wrong, mister. Oh, I got no hankering for work either. Not with 500 in my jeans. 500? A poke like you with 500? <laughs> got lucky in a crap game night before last. And why'd you take the job? Oh, a man can always use a couple more bucks. Well, I guess I'll be riding on. Hey, hey, wait. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I kind of like company myself. You want to ride a piece with me? It's okay. down early, and along toward midnight, when Orwell thought I was asleep, he raised up and moved toward me. Hey, Pearson. Pearson, you sleeping? Something you want, my saddlebag, Orwell? I thought you were sleeping. No. Don't reach for it, Orwell. I'll blow your head off. 
What are you getting so head up about? Starts to go through my saddlebags when I'm sleeping, I get touchy. <laughs> I'm just looking for cigarettes. <laughs> no need for that gun. Yeah? Sure. Wasn't looking for 500, were you? You call me a crook? You name it, Orwell. <laughs> you, you are touchy. <laughs> okay, okay. Put that gun away, Pearson. You're acting like a kid. I tell you, I was just looking for cigarettes. Sure. Yes, I did maybe bust a strap. Okay, bring that saddlebag. Cigarettes are in it. Yeah, sure. Uh, left or right one? All right. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> you open it this time. Hey, what you got in there? Mm, stuff. Okay, cigarettes are wrapped up in that piece of blanket. Help yourself. Well, thanks. Hey. Cigarettes in here? Feels like a ton of iron. Could be. Wait! Anything wrong, Orwell? It's a flat iron. Uh-huh. Funny thing to be carrying around. Why? I knew a man once carried around a cow skull tied to his saddle horn. Why are you carrying this? I don't know. Why are you asking? Who? Who are you? I told you. Name's Pearson. Jace Pearson. Cigarettes are there. Help yourself. I, I don't want any. Suit yourself. Mind handing me that flat iron, Orwell? Why? I just want it. Go on. Go on, hand it to me. No. Hey. Hey, you're looking real pale, Orwell. You're not scared of coyotes, are you? Shut up. Iron makes a good nutcracker. Maybe I carry it for that. Shut up, I said. Go on, Orwell. Hand me the flat iron. Pick it up. It's not so heavy. It's heavy enough. Man could pick it up like this. Lift it up over his head and bring it down. Hard like... Why not? Why you? No. Stand still. Go run. Hold it, Orwell. I'm warning you. Hold it. Don't, 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 don't shoot again. Unless, unless I have to. Who are you? Pearson. Texas Rangers. Figured I'd get caught up with. Guess we better start going, Orwell. You're not hurt too bad. Shooting by moonlight kind of spoils a man's aim. Come on, let's go. Will July 15th, 1907, Orwell was convicted. His sentence death in the electric chair. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 